Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. I am Ava, your host, and today I'm going to answer a question from our silent retreat. So we've just passed one on the weekend, and we have a Q&A process where people write down questions on little pieces of paper, and I answer them once a day in a Q&A session. So they might be about people's experiences, you know, about the philosophy, the techniques, and, and so on. And yeah, I've got a bunch of notes that I didn't get to answer because they came in after the last Q&A session, and there's some really great ones. So I hope I can do answer a few of these um, incoming episodes. But the one I want to read out to you today is more relevant to us as we enter into the last month of the year, I think. So it's a, it's a really popular question. Let me read it out for you. I loved the retreat. I feel rested and my nervous system is regulated. What are your tips to maintain this in the outside world? So yeah, one of our most popular questions is, you know, you feel such a drastic change in your system, you know, your clarity, your mind, your body, you know, feels rested, you feel regulated, super connected to the present moment, your senses, you know, so everything's kind of lit up, the heart is really open. How on earth am I going to maintain this? What's going to happen when I go home? So I want to share four tips with you to answer this question, how to maintain this in the outside world. So yeah, four strategies that I think are equally important. So they'd all be really part of the same strategy of how to maintain. So based on this question, the, the feeling of being rested and having the nervous system be regulated, how to maintain that in the outside world. So number one is to have a self-reflection practice. This can be in so many different ways. This is so important to feel rested and to, you know, be regulated, to have healing. But to feel rested, we need to remove the obstacles of rest. So a self-reflection process is where we're doing three things. One of the things we're doing is digesting our experience. So we're reflecting back on feeling into, inquiring into, sensing what is going on for us in relation to a challenge, in relation to the day, in relation to something coming up in the future, in relation to something we're confused about. So just having a digestion process of the material that's inside of us, of our emotions, of our thoughts. We have material inside us that might be making us uncomfortable, confused, or any manner of, you know, uncomfortable and suffering, leading to suffering experiences. So self-reflection allows for digestion. Self-reflection is also supporting us to have an attunement practice. So super healing, super resting, super balancing is to listen to yourself in a loving and caring way. And we neglect this process and this, you know, it's, it's actually a deep, hardwired biological need of our system to be listened to, be connected to, to be cared for in a relationship. And we can, we can do that to ourselves in the way we relate to ourselves. And we don't, you know, it's, it's overlooked because we don't realize that there are many layers of our person. There's many layers of our nervous system, of our mind, emotion, of our material. And we might think, what do you mean listen to? I'm listening to myself all day long. You know, my thoughts are just going. I'm sick of listening to myself. So because we do listen 
to the mind. The mind is speaking in words continuously to us. We neglect this need of listening, but we need to listen with the mind to the other layers inside. So super important attunement and also alignment. So self-reflection is allowing us to digest our material, to attune to ourselves and have this listening, caring skill that self-reflection develops inside of ourself. And that skill directly translates to how we relate to our community and to individuals outside of us. So we don't have to do any extra work for attunement to be a skill that gets to be applied outward. So the more we can listen and care for ourselves, which is so important for the digestion of, of our uncomfortable and challenging material, it produces that skill that serves us in every domain of our lives. And then alignment, self-reflection really lets us motivate. It's essentially a, a question of motivation. We're not motivated to do things that we're not aligned with. It's not clear how we're going to do it and what the result is and what the implications and what the process is. So self-reflection helps us to find clarity and find alignment, digestion, and attunement. So we need to have a self-reflection practice. That might be your journaling practice, a meditation practice, an embodiment practice. You can do it in any form. Your, your physical body might be in any form. It might be a walk. It might be a talk. But something where there's this meditative, contemplative, relaxed alignment, digestion, attunement process, that's your self-reflection process. So Number one tip for how to maintain this rested and regulated nervous system in the outside world. Um, number two is exercise. Exercise gives you energy. So your self-reflection practice might be in relation to what kind of exercise do I want to try tomorrow? Or if you're doing your reflection at the beginning of the day, what kind of exercise do I want to try today? What do I want to aim for this week or this month as a routine for myself? So self-reflection you know, supports us to find that alignment with things that are really important and meaningful for us. So yeah, in my experience, doing a form of exercise where it's about the yang tissue in the body, it's about the muscles, it's about strengthening, it's about really kind of pressing power and strength through the body, that really gives us energy. Um, but there's so many forms of exercise. So exercise, the one that gives you energy, the one that nourishes you, that's so important. The third tip is rest. So to have a active rest process, going to sleep at the end of the night is not a rest practice. That's going to sleep. It's a habit. It can be, you know, different levels of effectiveness. A rest practice is a yin yoga practice, a nap practice. So it's something that you, it's not already a habit that might be kind of just not being consciously built up and not consciously added in to be effective. So having a nap process, even just a laying down, oh my God, laying down on your back on the floor when you're not like consciously and willingly doing that during the day is like ecstasy. I don't know if you've tried it. You know, you could put a piece of music on, you could put a guided meditation on, but lying on your back on the floor is so nourishing. It's such a powerful signal to your entire biology that you're safe, that you've done enough, that everything's okay, that you trust, that you're listening, that you care for yourself. Like it's such a powerful signal to your system and signals are, you know, what our system is 
It's the food for our system. It's what our system is running off of is these inputs and signals. So instead of scrolling, like I invite you to have a look on your phone for the amount of time that you spend on your phone on certain apps and just add up how much time you have available. But really, I mean, a nap might take half an hour, an hour, you know, something a bit longer. But laying down and doing that final relaxation, shavasana, whatever you want to call it, on your back, that's a 10-minute process. That's a 15-minute process max. You know, you'll want to get up after that, but it's so, so nourishing. So having a rest process, it should be daily, 10 to 15 minutes daily, honoring yourself in that way. There's so much that happens. There's so much creativity. There's so much embodiment that happens when you have that active rest process. Some people choose to go to a yin yoga practice or to do a meditation practice, to do like a yoga nidra practice. So rest is my third tip. And then the fourth tip, you know, I'm kind of just thinking about what are the elements of retreat. So in retreat, we've got our self-reflection, our exercise, we've got a very substantial rest process in retreat. Like people just come to rest and relax, not just to relax as if you're on holiday and being anxious about what to do, but to actively rest. So removing these obstacles. And the final thing on retreat is nourishment. You know, there's so much beautiful nourishment, you know, of course, in the different ways that the guest teachers and I facilitate the sessions, you know, with the smells and the sound and the touch and the poetry. But it's not just the facilitation, you know, it's the beautiful food, the nature, the environment that's being set up, the community around you. It's just the number one thing that comes up in the after retreat is just how nourishing it was to be surrounded by people, even though you weren't talking to them. And in fact, that kind of added a level of relaxation because you don't have to speak to people, um, but you, you're fully supported by them. They're smiling at you. They're, you know, holding the door open for you. They're on the mat beside you. They're journaling beside you, with you, stretching with you, meditating with you, you know, and it's so nourishing. So the fourth tip I have is to have a nourishment practice or to, to cultivate nourishment. So that might be friends, friendship, journaling, creativity, like painting, cooking, music, dancing, projects, like what nourishes you? Maybe it's making something, maybe it's gardening, maybe it's just watering your plants, maybe it's listening to a book or a song or playing with your pet or walking your dog, walking down to the beach, whatever it is, walking to the park and back. Do you know what's actually something here that I like to do just because our driveway is like a little bit long. It's not a super long driveway. We're, we're pretty much right on the road, but it's like a nice little walk to my mailbox. Like I sometimes don't even open the mailbox door. I just like to kind of walk down to it and just see that part of, of the property. So what nourishes you? Being a bit more aware of those things and, and consciously introducing them. I recommend now as we come to the end of the episode to actually journal about these things. I want you to write these things down, write down these four categories and contemplate how you're going to introduce them. Whenever you want to set a new habit, there's a strategic element of habit setting where you're just contemplating what habit, how, what would the process look like? What might I try? You know, not a pressured, disciplined, scheduled process where everything's kind of locked in, but it is a scheduling process. It's it's a finding alignment. What would what would really work for me? What what would this look like? And you might do this 40 times before you actually implement the habit. And that's better than never implementing the habit. And that's that's a way to really start to kind of groom and condition 
your subconscious for the habit to be at a certain point, your whole body is like, this is what I want to do more than anything, because you've kind of contemplated it and reflected and found alignment and tried out things at a certain point. It's no longer an effort to implement it. Your system is so used to it. So have some strategy with these tips that I'm offering. The first one was self-reflection. So having a a self-reflection practice. I mean, there's an episode on the podcast about self-reflection, episodes that I've recorded before, or you can just contemplate it on your own. Contemplate the second tip, exercise, what gives you energy. The third one is rest. So a yin yoga, nap, laying down on your back, that kind of process, you know, yoga nidra, so many things. What's the rest practice you can have? And finally, nourishment. So what are things that nourish you? How might you implement them more? What kind of goals do you have around that? Actually, as we are coming to the end of the year, so this is being recorded in December 2023. So on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2023, I'm going to be running just a short event So I think it's about a two hour or so, maybe an hour and a half. I can't remember. It's going to be a morning practice on New Year's Eve. So incorporating a bunch of these things, a self-reflection exercise, like a very gentle kind of movement, you know, our kind of embodiment practice, a rest practice, and then a manifestation, final relaxation, kind of self-suggestion guided meditation process. So it's going to be focused on reviewing the um, year behind us and kind of finding alignment for the year ahead. I think it's $49. It's online with me. So you can tune in from home, from a park, your your living room and bedroom floor. If you live in Fremantle, you can also attend at the studio and there'll be some snacks and things and you can tune in from Zoom over there. I'll be projected nice and big on the wall and all the props and equipment are provided. If you have any questions about it, just reach out to us. If you're joining online, just go to the Functional Spirituality website and you can purchase a ticket there. Actually, I think it might be on the Spunda website. So we'll we'll put a link in the show notes of this episode anyways. And yeah, reach out if you have any questions. Really hope you take this episode seriously and do a little bit of a reflection process. Going back to, you know, 13 minutes or whenever it was where I recapped the steps. And I hope that really helps you to maintain that rested, regulated nervous system and just set up some beautiful habits that serve you as we move into the new year. So I hope you have a beautiful last month of the year and look forward to chatting with you soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.